Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This is an RNZ podcast. Red Light Special at our Homeware Adventures to Department. That's a Red Light Special for our shoppers here today. It's hard enough trying to think of what people want as a gift. You know, for birthdays. Christmas. Or whatever. People can't help but try to categorise it. What do I get a 10-year-old girl? New Lego friends. Welcome to beautiful Heart Lake City. A 16-year-old boy. PlayStation 5. Play has no limits. Let alone a 52-year-old man. The Transformer ladder comes with a lifetime guarantee, so you'll never need to purchase another ladder again. So, add transgender into the mix and people get super confused. But honestly, if you've got a transgender person in your life and you want to do something really meaningful, then the answer is right there in the mirror. It's you. Kia ora, my name is Joseph Stockhausen and welcome to the podcast where I take you on the journey that both my mum and I went on after I first came out as transgender. So if this is a journey you're currently on, or you have nothing more than a bunch of questions, then this is a gift from me to you. It's still me, nothing's changed, just little parts of me are rearranged. I'm still here. So are you, we've got so much growing left to do, this is more than just a kid and a parent, let's be transparent. Kia ora, I'm Joseph Stockhausen and welcome to Let's Be Transparent. Over the course of the show, our guests and us strive to have the hard conversations about transitioning, but what happens after? The practical processes of transitioning is a whole other kettle of fish. I'm talking about the legal paperwork, the systems, the day-to-day experiences that comes with being trans. You may have heard of some bad stories already. Ma definitely Google searched her fair share of these. But while we go over some things that can be changed for the better, there are also a lot of success stories out there that are increasing by the day. And once we know how to navigate these systems, they don't feel as intimidating. H. McArdle has spent a lot of time in the medical system as a trans and disabled patient whose experiences open their eyes to the challenges. Oh, kia ora. My name is H. Um, I use they, them pronouns. I'm a gender diverse person uh, living here in Tāmaki Makaurau. Um, most of my mahi over the last 10 or so years has been around in this strange, beautiful, delicious sandwich of the fashion <laughs> world, um, rainbow community development and human rights. H is a loud and proud advocate for both transgender and disability sectors, which is really awesome because they're two things we share in common. I haven't talked about this on the podcast directly yet, but I have a vision impairment which obscures the centre of my eyesight. 
To make it simple, I tell people I'm half blind. So when H talks about barriers to participation, services, and understanding, I get where they're coming from. If I think about my experience of living with an acquired disability, so um, a disability that I wasn't born with, um, you know, I've had this this kind of like two kind of life in one life kind yeah. of perspective of disability, mm. which I think is really interesting. Um, so about five years ago, I got knocked off my bike and I live now with the impacts of a traumatic brain injury and the associated um, experiences of mental distress. And so accessing um, all of a sudden my life became full of doctor's appointments, rehab appointments, specialists, trying to learn to like navigate the world in a totally new way within within what my body could and couldn't do now. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden I was having to interact with this world that wasn't particularly friendly for, um, wasn't particularly friendly for trans people. So I was having this experience of all of a sudden having mm. all these doctor's appointments, rehab appointments, different specialists and, and, and trying to... Um, advocate and navigate um, for uh, support services through ACC and having to having to disclose all sorts about myself. You know, one of the most traumatic days of my life, I'm having to retell that story over and over again as I go to different appointments. And then to also be misgendered and not seen and not fully realised and not having rehab that really, like, honours who I am as a human being um, was incredibly distressing. And, and maybe I was really lucky that I'd, like, kind of built this life um, surrounded by people that love and affirm who I am. No one likes going to the doctors, but seeing looks of judgement in a place where you're just trying to get the best care possible can be exhausting. We all have access needs, one way or another. It might be ramps as an alternative point of access for wheelchair users. It might be puberty blockers that let someone experiencing dysphoria pause the mayhem and think about what they need. Building a ramp is one thing, but um, remembering and accommodating and designing spaces um, for your friend or whanau member um, can be really challenging for them. I, I fully see that because they have to grapple with what they see to be, you know, an acceptable and desirable life. And and I think there's, we've got a long way to go to challenge attitudes towards disability in Aotearoa. I just want to be a really bloody boring disabled person <laughs> sometimes. You know, I don't want to, um, to be able to access what I need, to be able to participate fully in my family and to be able to navigate the world. Mm. I don't want to have to be an Olympian or a Paralympian um, to be considered um, like I have a life that's worth living by society. Yeah, and I guess if parents are seeing mm. um, that their kids have access needs but then also are gender diverse, mm. suddenly they're just seeing this map of barriers Hi. to their kid. And what they need to realise first and foremost is that you don't, you yourself as a parent don't want to be one of those barriers. Hard, because I think attitudes are the thing that we struggle with the most, right? Or the things that are one of the biggest barriers for our full participation in society, both as disabled people and as trans people. Like, transphobia is a massive access need or a massive barrier. If we can reduce the anti-trans narratives in our society, then parents in the future who have children, if they only saw super awesome, rad, delicious, fun, ordinary, extraordinary and boring stories of what it's like to be trans, then their attitudes and vision for what their child's life would be all of those things. Yeah. Um, 
and sim- similar with um, disability. Absolutely. I know Philip Hatson often talks about this narrative of the way that disabled people's lives and stories are represented in the media and in movies and stuff like that. The three T's, tragedy, trauma and triumph. So we need to, like, I believe, we need to radically... Um, shift and change narratives of what it's like to be disabled in Aotearoa, what it's like to be trans in Aotearoa, so that those who love and support us actually have a more realistic understanding of what our lives are like, Mm, hey. And so that when their child comes out or when their child's diagnosed with a disability or has an accident, the narrative isn't like, oh, your life's over, you're going to have a terrible life, how will you ever get a job, how will you ever date anyone, how will you ever have kids, all those same things that we often get thrown at both trans and disabled community. Mm -hmm. And I think parents are such, um, are often a kid's biggest advocate, right? Um, So if (laughs) whānau can really get on board and help us with this kaupapa of shifting attitudes and and challenging myths and challenging tropes, um, I think we could really see a really different world for future generations of trans and disabled people in Aotearoa. This reminds me of my mum's mindset in the early days of my transitioning. She only saw and talked about the potential barriers at the time, but I can't help but think of all those barriers we worked through, some we breezed through, once we started to work to take them head on together. My number one piece of heart advice that I love to share with whānau and, and parents in particular who are navigating how to, how to best help their young person um, navigate the world is always be open, um, have conversations in ways that um, don't imply any judgment So, um, and in ways that feel... Um, having conversations in the way that is easiest and best for that young person. I know some families who... Um, uh, their young person says um, if they need to have a tough conversation they say mum dad I need to have a conversation with you but I'm going to have it in the family chat instead of at dinner okay and I'm like okay okay and they might go out of their room and then like have the chat via messenger with their whanau and that might be a oh I did really bad at school and um, my teacher might call you but this is actually what happened and I need you to know my side of the story for, so for them and their whanau they've figured out the easiest and best way for their young person um, to really feel comfortable disclosing like their thoughts, their feelings, where they're at is actually written down in, in chat when they're in another room um, and so for them and their whanau they've figured out that that's, that's a way of communicating that what's best for their young person. So I always say, you know, rather than asking people to come in and having a conversation in the way that feels easiest and best for you, um, when we're supporting people, um, we've really got to think, oh, what's the best and easiest way for that person to have the conversation? Kind of like how Ma always prompted me to talk in the car. No wonder that's where I came out. So if we need to normalise these experiences for parents and the general population, what can we do? They've grown up with this world thinking, oh, my kid's going to be this one thing. And then it's like, whoa, okay, trans stuff. Plunkett didn't teach me that when they would talk me about (laughs) what to expect. Um, in the first six weeks of my kids' lives, eh? Mm. I often say, you know, like this. So we're we're living in an information age, right? We have so many awesome books, with so many awesome like internet forums, websites. But um, you know, like where do you start? And I always say to parents, if there's uh, all of a sudden you're you're throwing this uh, 
uh, piece of diversity that you're like, whoa, I don't have much experience in that. Um, I always say, get to know us, get to know um, the world that your child um, might be um, leaning into in the years to come. And the more you get to know our community, um, the more you probably will start to see a space and a really delicious life um, for your young person. One place that is experiencing a lot of change when it comes to facilitating a supportive environment for transgender people is schools. You often think about how much people are expected to conform when they head to school. You know, uniforms, be there on time, no playing on your phone in class. But how is the classroom evolving in the 2020s? We first met Joe and Chris in episode 4, when their four-year-old jet was transitioning. Since we recorded that, Jet turned five, and that meant going to school. Joe and Chris were a bit nervous about what may be in store. I didn't know if they'd ever had transgender students in school, what their, you know, if they were open to it. You never know. Um, we've never been in that situation. So I met with the school at the beginning of this year, so about six months ago. Um, I sat down with the principal and just explained who Jet was. I told her her journey. Um, and what I expected from the school. I had, um, I was all amped up, ready, like, I've got Human Rights Act on my side, and blah, 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 all this, you know, but I didn't need to mention any of that. I was very prepared to need to mention that, but the principal was amazing. Um, she was just like, yep, Jet will, she'll just be a girl. She's she's a girl in every regard. No one needs to know that's her private, you know, that's her private business. And she actually articulated it really well. She said, the only difference, really, between Jet and another girl is what's under her underpants. And at school, we don't discuss that. We don't show that. We don't, like, no one needs to know that. Like, in every other regard, Jet is a girl, which is so true. She acts like a girl, thinks like a girl, looks like a girl. She is a girl. So why would it need to be an issue? She's like, it's just, she's just Jet, and she's a girl. She uses the girls' toilets. She'll use the girls' changing rooms. She's like, if there's ever a situation where Jet's uncomfortable... We will accommodate that. Um, she is the first transgender student through the school. Um, so I think the school are very eager to kind of do this right from the get-go, which is cool because they haven't had any you know, previous experiences to kind of taint it in any way. So they've kind of got a clean slate to work with. But they've been amazing so far. The teachers, So the teachers all know about Jet's story. Um, other than that, um, obviously Hunter and his friends know. So there is a pocket of the school who are aware of Jet's transition because all of Hunter's friends are like, wait, your brother's now your sister. Like, so there is this portion of kids who kind of, who know. Um, but otherwise we've told Jet that it's her story to tell. If she wants to tell her friends, then that's, that's her journey and her story. That principal pretty much gave the best answer you could expect, and I'd hope that would be the same regardless of which school a young person ends up. Experiences like Jets are happening more and more, but you may find some hilarity in the inconsistency of progress. If you remember Luca Bree from episode 6, you may remember he came out to his workplace with relative ease, but we wanted to know about the process of his name change, so we gave him a call and caught him outside his front porch. Once we came out of lockdown, I went to do my licence. Um, I live in Grey Lynn, and the nearest um, licence um, place is in Kingsland, and um, the woman there was brilliant. She'd, she's quite 
grumpy as her default about everything else. When I took my kids for licenses and things, um, she's super busy and she doesn't waste time. But um, I and others have found that if you go to do something like you're changing your, um, your name change with an implied gender change, um, she just about takes you out to dinner. She's so lovely about it. <clears throat> your licence isn't doesn't have your gender on it, but it does have your name. How awesome to see this process navigated so easily. Some places were easy, like the bank, but then others, like Vortecare, took months of contact, nine different emails, and two separate times he sent documents in. Seriously. And for the one that you would think is most contentious of all, the part, your passport, it was easy, both for name and gender, um, fill out the form, send it off. I think I had mine back in five days. Um, and yeah, if only everything was as easy as that. What's outstanding now is that um, I'm a homeowner, um, except I'm not some fictitious and, and person who doesn't legally exist, but has my old name, is, my, is registered as my homeowner, and therefore that's how my rates bills come, because you have to involve a lawyer to do that, and I didn't have the money to pay even my lovely lawyer, who will charge me as little as he possibly can, um, to do that, but I will do it. Um, the and that's important in, in terms of my will. Um, uh, you know, I wouldn't want that held up for my kids if anything happened to me. And, and for other, I just don't want to see rape bills in my old name. Um, I think that's probably all, except to say that things keep coming in the mail. It's amazing. You know, a couple of years after... Um, uh, so it's, it's now about 18 months uh, more, 20 months for me. But things that you forgot you had, subscriptions, um, all, yeah, all sorts of um, things that you have signed up to at some stage turn up um, with your name. And now we begin the part we just know everyone was waiting for. The legal gender change. With forms, potential court hearings, and lawyers all included in this basket of fun. Please rise, court is now in session. Please note the legal standard is different for people born outside New Zealand and applicants under 18. If at any point you feel this is long-worded and tedious, trust me you're not the only one. But if you're over 18 and a New Zealand citizen currently living as a different gender you're born as and have received medical treatment that is in some way permanent, you can change your sex on your birth certificate to male, female or non-binary. Now the standard is to at least be on hormone treatment or for applicants to have undergone surgery. You will need to submit your application to the family court with these three forms. 1. What act you're applying the change under, 2. What grounds the act itself, as well as applied evidence and gender you want changed, and 3. The actual application to the court itself. P.S. Seriously consider changing your name first before gender as it is a way easier process and you'll receive your updated birth certificate with your birth name. Now you're included affidavit or written statement to go along with these forms will need to include your current birth certificate, letters from support people stating you're living as that gender, as well as details of your own journey to want to change your birth sex. 
Applying to the family court is technically free, but you may need to pay your doctor or specialist to submit medical evidence, as well as a lawyer to fill out those pesky forms if you need legal counsel. At last it's approved! At which births, deaths and marriages will be notified and you'll be contacted for a new certificate, which has been known to take months or even a year to get into the hands of applicants, so time sensitive cases are not recommended. And that's your legal due to change in a nutshell. That's a lot of info to take in. I know, I know, but I really wanted to include it. The info is also on our website, so no worries if you missed some of those details. Go check it out, and any further questions, just let me know. Ma, I'm ready. Oh yeah, um, I want the all barbecue deluxe. Can I have the all barbecue deluxe with a frosty shake, please? With a frosty shake. Chocolate. Which frosty shake would you like? A chocolate one. Anything else? Yeah, and can I get a double chicken and a frosty shake as well? This is this is the ultimate, you know, comfort place. Is the cup? Yeah. For us. Plus, we just had takeaways, and I'm, I'm <laughs> full and happy. <clears throat> I can talk about anything. So we're talking processes, which is the magical topic mm. that everyone is going to love to talk about, which isn't true. Um, uh, I remember Luca mentioned like changing his name in the bank and changing his details in the bank was super easy. And that was totally the same for me as well. But the whole name change process for someone who hadn't gotten a driver's license... Yes. And I was half blind, can't, you know, can't le I'm not legally allowed to drive. Um, it was super hard. Yeah. Uh, and that was because I didn't have do any documentation to actually say that I was this person. <clears throat> um, I had a passport from when I was 10. Yeah. And me at 10 years old with a little bob cut, this little 10 year old girl, to the 17 year old that was walking into the office. Mm. Um, to, to the JP was with two very vastly different Well, the funny people. thing is, I re we realised afterwards that process was really difficult because we thought that um, you had to get your 18 plus card <coughs> and your new name, but we couldn't get you it in your new name. But what we should have done is change your passport first, and that was an easier it's, process. It seems like the passport would have been harder. <laughs> Um, because no, that's like the, the, that's like the it's, more yeah, it seems one, that the passport would be harder, but actually the passport was the easiest thing to do. Yeah. Because we changed your name, so we just sent in your name document and done and dusted. It, they, out of everything, that was the easiest thing to do. Yeah. And heading over to America uh, and traveling with my passport that had Joseph Bridstockhausen, then the little F female, yeah. that had its own, that's a, that had its own problems. Uh, which we would find out later, but you know, when, when we were going through what we had to do for the legal gender change, it was like, oh god, like lawyers and, and going to court and having to write uh -huh. letters, get people to write letters on your behalf. Mm. That feels like it do, I understand why they have to they do that. Oh, but absolutely, I think yeah, especially like if you've had surgery, if you've you know, that is an obvious indicator that you have gone through the process and you've had counselling and you've done everything you need, 
then it should be a pretty straight. It should be a pretty straightforward process. Uh, process, yeah. but it's not. And um, and honestly, it's hard for anyone who is sighted. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it was such a long process. It was such a mind for me. I was. It was so complicated and hard for me. Even though it took me ages to get my head around it. I can say for certainty that I've probably had one of the best medical transitions someone can have. Yeah. Without I agree. any disc- any discrimination except for this, the first time I went to a, G- J- a GP. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think there was one nurse who was who was. Who was kind of like not sure what why I was there or what surgery I was having or why I was having it. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I, I was just happy to be there. I was happy to be a part of yeah, <laughs> the yeah. process and, really and for everyone to just, you know, everyone Mostly everyone, I think everyone got it. Like everyone, yeah, I think when I've read... You know, obviously, when you first said that you wanted top surgery, and I, I did my research, there were so many bad stories. Just, mm. no, there's still I are. actually, yeah. to be honest, I didn't find any, not one good story, really? like, not one. So, um, but I, I had, though, I like, had a meeting. We're more likely to share those really bad and negative experiences. Yeah, people just, yeah. yeah, and um. Yeah, it was my doctor who sort of said, no, it's all good, you're, you're fine. It's all good, yeah. It's all good. And then when we met your surgeon, I was like, oh, yeah, we're in ah, safe hands. Yeah. He, he was, was cool. such, he such was a perfectionist. So professional. And yeah. yeah, he was just like, yeah, okay, we're going to do this and this and this, and um, you're sweet, you yeah, know? Yeah, do you have any questions? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And... So quickly to wrap up, schools. My school was really cool. Your school was great. At its time, it was like the peak of what a school can do, which is say, you can wear the boys' uniform, um, what was it like when you went into the principal's office? Because I remember you, I told you I wanted my final two years to be in a boy's uniform. I was all... And so you went to the principal. Oh, yeah, I was all up for a fight. I was, I was ready to lay down the law and the full breadth of my power <laughs> and my social media prowess at that time. I was going to destroy... Your Twitter page? If, yeah, I was going to destroy <laughs> if I couldn't get it. Yeah. And so I nearly fell off my chair when he was like, yep, okay. And I was like, what do you mean? Okay. And he was like, absolutely. Uh, Brianna can wear a boy's uniform, if that makes mm. her more comfortable. I wonder if they were like, oh, so that's why he, uh, no, wore, he, did, he wore a man's suit Yeah, to she. Was, he was like, mm. you know, <laughs> it's funny, we had this conversation among the teachers and we wondered whether um, Brianna was a lesbian. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean, come on. Because yeah. of the school uniform, uh, wearing... Because of the, the suit. Yeah, the wearing and my the first suit. Ball. Yeah, I'm sure everyone yeah. um, and, was um, just like, oh, okay, well, you know, cut hair, very, very butch. Mm, yeah. yeah, so, <laughs> but I explained, oh, well, that was part of the process of this stage. Mm. But no, the principal and the deputy principal um, were amazing mm. and very supportive. And while they, were very they cool. didn't know everything about it, um, they asked lots of questions, and there was questions I couldn't answer. Um, and then there were quest- things that they told me that I didn't understand. So it was a really good relationship. On the next episode of Let's Be Transparent, it's our final show, and this one's all about you. Past guests will be answering questions that you've been sending in to us throughout the season. And a big thanks to today's guests, H. McArdle, they, them, Chris, he, him, Joe, she, her, and Luca, he, him.
Thanks again for listening. I hope you're enjoying the series so far. If you've got any questions or want more information on anything you've heard, we've put together a whole list of resources from each episode on our website, transparentpodcast.nz. Let's Be Transparent is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you find your podcasts. If you've enjoyed listening, then I'd be really grateful if you gave us a rating and leave a review. Let's Be Transparent was created and presented by me, Joseph Stockhausen, he, him, and my mum, Pauline Stockhausen, she, her. Our theme song was written and performed by Maxwell Apps, they, them. The executive producer was Tim Watkin, he, him. This podcast was produced and made by the team at Motuehe Group for Radio New Zealand. Also, huge thanks to Radio New Zealand's Liz Garten, she, her, for all of her awesome advice putting this all together. This is more than just a kid and a parent. Let's be transparent. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.